He is here today. Um, I was uh, <laughs> I was working on a message last week, or week before last, and then had uh, a Michael come up and preach last Sunday, and he made a comment. If, if you remember last Sunday, he said that he his, his, his kids in his class, he would give them a, an assignment. And he'd say, you have to have this in, this in in the assignment. Well, how many do we have to have? They were trying to find out the bare minimum that they could have to do anything. And Michael made the comment, is bare minimum Christianity. The name of the message that I was working on is... Christianity is not my hobby. It's just not. It's the way that I live my life. It's the way that we're supposed to live our lives. I remember back in the early 2000s, most of you probably don't remember this, but, but Tiger Woods was the hottest golfer in the world, maybe in the history of the world. I don't know. He's, he's, in, he's one of the top two. But um, he was just killing everybody, man. He won, he won four major championships in a row crazy. He won the Masters, the British, the U.S. Open, PGA. He won them all in the same, same time. You know, I had all four of them. All four. It's happened twice in the history of the world. They've been playing golf for 600 years. Two people. And they, they asked him, and there's an interview with him, and they asked him, I said, Tiger, why do you work? Why do you outwork Everybody, why do you get up and you hit balls all day long, every day, seven days a week? Nobody practices as much as you do. And you know what he said? Golf ain't my hobby. He took it serious. You see, there were people out there that may have had his talent, but didn't have his work ethic. That didn't have his passion for the game that weren't pushed from an early age. They're so, he's not the most talented golfer that ever, ever was, but he's the best. Big difference. There was one guy in the Old Testament had more potential than anybody in the Old Testament and messed up. Name was Samson. Samson lived a defeated life. He just, you know, I mean, he started off great, and then, you know, God told him a few things that he couldn't do. And what did he do? Exactly the thing that he was, said, don't sleep with Philistine women, don't um, eat unclean meat, you know, don't, all of the, these things. And, and, and he did every one of them. So why is it that he lived a defeated life? There were several, several things that he did, right? Several bad things that he did, things God said. But we always go back to the thing that cut his hair. Do you really think that's a reason of his demise? Do you think that cutting his hair was really the thing? No. The thing that cost Samson everything. Well, he conformed to what he was called to confront. He was there to confront the Philistines. He was there to defeat the Philistines, and he conformed to their way of doing things 
instead of God's way of doing things. And it seemed right to him. It seemed right. It felt good. It's good. I mean, that, that's just the way that it looks. You know what? He didn't take his Christianity or his, or his, or didn't take it seriously. You don't find people in the Bible that are being written about that <clears throat> God speaks well of that didn't take it very, very seriously. But we've got a world of people today, and I'm not, I'm not saying everybody, I'm saying a lot. We take Christianity and treat it like a hobby. We do. Some of us do. Some days I do. I mean, I'm not as serious about it some days as I am other days. But I live my life on purpose trying to live like Jesus wants me to live. Why? Because he was, I was sent here by God to do something for God. If you, if you are sent here by God, do you, does anybody here not understand that you were sent here in this time, in this place, for a specific reason? If you don't believe that, then you're not going to take, take your life seriously. I take my life very, very serious. I want to live my life according to what he tells me to do, not according to what I may want to do. There is a sacrifice. There's a sacrifice there. Anyway, I've got a few things. Uh, the, this world that we live in, the planet Earth, needs us. Correct? But it needs us at our best. It doesn't need to see us at our worst. It needs to see us at our best. And that's why I'm preaching this message. Just, I'm just going to give you a couple of things that I've tried to live my life by, and it's worked. And, you know, sometimes you fail, sometimes you succeed. But you know what? you got to keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going, right? All right. Here we go. I'm going to read this because I put a lot of th thinking in this. Try not to um, agitate someone or anyone. But here we go. There are good people who walked the aisle. They said the prayer. They got dunked or sprinkled, whichever you prefer. You know, I'm a dunker. Why? Because Jesus was a dunker. That's why. I don't get the sprinkle thing. I don't get to throw in the water. I don't, I don't get any of that. But Jesus went into the River Jordan and he emerged, submerged, boom, down into the water and then out. So that's what I do. I do try to do what Jesus did. But anyway, there's people, good, good, good people that said the prayer, walked the aisle, got dunked, and never went back to church again. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I can't understand that now. But I lived that life. I bet I got baptized five, six times. I walked out. I even cried. Said the prayer, got dunked, and lived like hell. Literally. 
I did. I know a bunch of people. I, and I, if you know, if you know at least three people that I'm about to describe, raise your hand. Okay, here we go. They, they're just not living a good life. Not living a godly life. They're not even trying to please God. There's people that try to please God. They get some credit, you know, for trying. But there are people that, have, that just, they don't care what God thinks. Even though they've walked the aisle, they said the prayer. But they're, and then one day they die, okay? And then some stupid preacher gets up in front of the church and says this. When he was 12 years old, he gave his heart to Jesus. And we know that because he did that, that he's in heaven now. You can't live like hell and go to heaven. It's not possible. It's just not possible. Jesus even said, you'll know them by their fruit. If they're living like hell, that's probably where they're going. To live in a godly life, they're probably going to heaven, right? I mean, we're not judging, but we're just... We're fruit, fruit checking, right? I'm not judging anyone. I'm just saying, hey, Jesus said this. You will know them by their fruit. That's, what, that's how you're going to know who they are. They can't live one way and say something else. Rob told me one of his favorite sayings he ever told me. He said, man, uh, <clears throat> how, did he, how did he say that? Gosh. A man cannot consistently perform in a manner that was inconsistent with the way he lives his life. I can't believe I remembered that. I, somebody write that down so I won't forget it. Uh, but man cannot consistently perform in a manner that was inconsistent with the way he sees himself. In other words, if you see yourself as a loser, you may win every once in a while, but you're going to lose a lot. You see yourself as a winner, you're going to win more than you lose. It's how you see yourself and that's what comes out, out of the heart. I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm not making my point here. I could, let me get back on my notes. Woo! Oh, they're good people who believe in God, but he's not their father. There's a lot of people who believe in Jesus, but he's not their Lord. They'll talk about him, say how good he is. But he's not their father. Jesus is not their Lord. You see, we have terminology. We have, our language, our terminology has, has messed us up so bad. It, it's just, it's crazy. It is, it is imperative. It's important that you realize when you become a Christian, that means you are like Christ. That's the name of the, that's why he gave them the name. They gave them the name Christians as a derogatory statement. Because they were living like Christ. Oh, the Christian. They think they're Christ. Yeah. I wish somebody could say that about me right now. You know, if we're Christians, that means we're like Christ. We're supposed to act like Christ. We're supposed to behave like Christ. That's it. But people take it as a hobby. Now, I walk the aisle, and our terminology comes back, gave his heart. I didn't give my heart to Jesus. I gave my life. My life. 
I didn't give my heart. Joe's got my heart. Ginger does. But God's got my life. I don't mean that to be ugly. I'm just saying that from the time we're this tall, we're talking about giving our heart to Jesus and we go out and, and live a, a life that's separate from what our heart are you kind of making sense? Are y'all getting what I'm saying? Are you buying what I'm saying? You know. We've got to be like Christ. We can't represent him and say we are a Christian or a believer. Or I believe. No, I live according to what I believe. Ah, never mind. <laughs> Woo! Oh, I had to check with Tom on this before I go. Got him Leonard Ravenhill. Ravenhill. He said that the sinner's prayer has sent more people to hell than every bar in America combined. And I got to thinking about that. I looked, I said, you may be right. How many people y'all know that, 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 all right, here we go. Showing our hands, we're going to do it. How many of you know people that call themselves Christians and live just like the devil? How many of you know two, three, a dozen? I know, I'm, I'm telling you. I have people say, oh, I just love Jesus. And I'm going, my gosh, I've seen the way you live. It's not like Christ, man. It's, it's not even close. Why do you call yourself a Christian if you're supposed, hey, seriously? Y'all know where I'm going. This isn't a hobby. This is something that we have to take very serious. The creator of the entire universe made you and sent you here for a purpose, and it wasn't to live a lie. Right. He has an assignment. You are. I, <laughs> How many of y'all know the Blues Brothers? The, the movie, The Blues Brothers? Great. Oh, hilarious movie. What did they, what, what, was their, what was their motto, their creed? Their, they said, we're on a mission for God. Everybody that was ever born on planet Earth is on a mission. They have an assignment, whether they take it or not. But, G, but God sent you here for a specific purpose, and it wasn't for you to be comfortable. It was for you to be in a fight. You sent here. You are a prize fighter. God sent you here to fight. And we take it, oh, yeah, part-time Christianity. In other words, I, I, I'll go on Sunday. I ain't no. I ain't go. I I don't have time to go in the middle of the week. It's the middle of the week. I'm working. I you know. I'll go on Sunday. And God's supposed to appreciate that, right? He don't care whether you're in church or out of church. He cares whether he's in you or he isn't. That's his motive, to get inside of you, to guide you, to lead you on your mission. Mm. Woo. 
<laughs> this is pretty good. I can't believe I wrote this. It's pretty sharp. Give Jesus your best every single day and he will return the favor. You got to realize, man, how you, how you react, how you do things, how you go through life determines how well you're going to do in life. We want to be productive, creative Christians like Christ, like Christ. Jesus came along, man, and he did, he did things like nobody's ever done them before. He was strange to the world. Right? And what, what are we called to be? Peculiar. We're supposed to be different than everybody else. We're not supposed to fit in. We're not supposed to have common sense because we're not common. It just, it amazes me. Y'all know how I feel about the people saying that. Well, God wants to use common sense. You don't know God. Make that, make that statement. You really don't know who God is because he is peculiar. And he's calling you to be peculiar. He's calling you to be different. If you fit into the world, you probably don't fit into his. I'm sorry. I had to say it. I had to say it. This is not my hobby, okay? All right. Now, we're going to go to John 4. This is the woman at the well. This woman is a Samaritan. Samaria, Samaritans were not nice people. That's why they tell the story of the good Samaritan because they didn't say there was a lot of them. There was just one. You know, <laughs> Some, Samaria was a bad place and, and, and people avoided it as much as they could. They'd go around it. But Jesus went through Samaria, went to Jacob's well, and he got there. And a woman walked up. You want to read it? Let me read it for you. Oh, yeah, there we go. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman said to him, how is it you, being a Jew, ask a drink? From me, a Samaritan woman, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. They didn't, they, they, they were enemies. They were not friends. They were enemies. And this woman said, why, why in the world would you do that? Jesus answered it and said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you Living water. Living water. So anyway, he talk, talks to this woman. I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna read the whole thing. But um, but he looked at the woman and he said, he started reading her mail. You know what I'm talking about? Started telling stuff about herself that only only God would have known. It but now I have that gift that operates in my life. It's called a word of knowledge. It's simple. There's nothing special. It's just that's, that's one of the gifts of the Spirit that I have. And, and, and 
Jesus operated in this. He operated in all of them, but he operated in this at this time. Why? To let people know who he was. I've never met you, but I know everything about you. He said, I've been married five times. He said, no, you've been married five times. He said, he said where's your husband? That's what he asked. And she said, uh, she gave me some answer, and he said, you've had five husbands, and the, the man you're with now is not your husband. And what's the, next, the first thing he said was, I perceive that you are a prophet. Why? Because he knew about her life. He knew everything about her. He started, he started telling her, the guy that you're with, he, you're not married to him. Who are you trying to fool? Now, and so this woman, go to verse uh, 24, I think it is. They're having this conversation the whole time. The disciples weren't. It was just Jesus and the Samaritan woman sitting down by the well, you know. And then uh, Jesus started speaking to her, and he said this. He said, God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. What's the truth? What you believe or what you do? I believe that living a truth is the most important thing that you can do. Jesus said, God is spirit. You must worship him in spirit. In other words, you've got to be a spiritual being to worship a spiritual God. He, God is spirit. You can't, I, I don't understand. Like, like when y'all were doing that last song, man, I was in it. You hear me? I mean, I was up in it, man. Tears were coming down my face and I wasn't, I mean, I didn't care what I sounded like because I, I'm a terrible singer. I make a joyful racket. But you know what? It was real. It was truth. Wasn't nothing fake about it. I wasn't singing to Stephen or Angel or Roger. I was singing directly to God, and I didn't care how it sounded, but I was in it. Why? Because it's truthful. It's truthful. It's honest. And you can't worship God any other way than that. The problem is we have people that have God encounters, but never Get to that point where they live in their life for someone other than themselves. They just can't get there. Why? Because a life that is fake, you can't worship. You just can't. It's, not, it's just not possible. Just not possible. Authentic Christianity is truthful. There's no lie in it. It's who I am. It's who I represent. It's who I love. It's who I worship. And that's the way it's going to be. I don't care what you think. But I'd like to introduce you to the same God that I, that I know. But we're not here to be popular. We're not here to fit in. We're not here to be a Samson. We're here to be a fighter. We're here to fight. We're here to fight, fight, fight. Golly. I had, a, I had somebody the other day. I'm not going to say who it was, but they know that they're here today, and they know what I'm about to say. Uh, t 
talking, it was talking about something financial. And I told him, I said, well, you know, um, does your tithe hurt? What do you mean? What does it call? I mean, do you just write a check and now that you've adjusted your, your whole budget and everything you do around what you tithe or what you give? And he said, well, no, really, it, it doesn't. And he said, you know, God's good. God's always taking care of God. You know, he said, we're, we're doing better than we've ever done, but I just need this. I said, well, just, just try this. Try giving a little bit more just so it'll be different. Just give, give a little bit more so that, so that you feel it a little bit. Because what did David say, King David, 2 Samuel 24, 24? He said, I will never offer anything to God that doesn't cost me something. Sometimes we get comfortable with our giving. I'm not, I had no idea I was going here this morning. We get so comfortable with our giving that it's just a process. Let me tell you something. Giving is just as spiritual as praying. The attitude that you have, anyway. So anyway, I get this um, text. Man, I don't know what's going on. You know, just a little bit disappointed, you know, and, and, I, and I, I, I kind of laughed when I got the text because I was thought, and I went, yeah. Uh, and he, such a good, good man. But I just, I texted him back, and I said, remember, the fight's good. Just remember the fight. This is part of the, you're not going to win every round. Jesus won every round. He's the only guy that ever won every round. The fight. The fight. The fight. It's a good fight. Why, I, I always go back to that positive. It's a good fight. It's supposed to be good. You know what? When you get hit, when you get knocked, knocked down, you get back up. You know why? Because you're in a fight. You're not here for comfort. You're not here to get rich. You're not here to get famous. You're, you're here to fight. You're here to get people in the kingdom. You were, assigned, you were appointed and assigned by God to be here and fight on his behalf. Because he came here and fought and won on your behalf. What are we going to do? I mean, how far are we going to go? Is there anything you wouldn't do for God? Or is there a desire in you to do everything for God? If the desire's not there, something's not right. When I started living my life for others instead of myself, that's when my life changed. So because when you, when you give your life to Christ and you get in it and you're talking to him every day and he's talking back to you, there's nothing like that. There's nothing better than that on this earth. All right. Okay. Okay.
a woman at the well. <laughs> she said, let me, let me go back to town. She went back to town and she came back and brought people to Jesus. Jesus stayed there for two days and taught. And this woman went to Decapolis. What's that mean? It means 10. 10 cities. That, Jesus spent two days teaching and that woman changed 10 cities. It wasn't a hobby to her. It was real. It was real. And, and, and Jesus, you saved me. Now I'm going to do everything I can to please you for the rest of my life. It's not a bunch of rules. It's a relationship. That's the way it's got to be. He did everything for me. I owe him everything. And therefore, I'm going to do everything I can to honor him. That's a relationship. Wow. I thought that was better. Okay, here we go. Ah, here we go. Let's go to the next one in. No, I can't. I got to stay here. Do you know how oppressed women were in Jesus' day? They were property. And this woman changed ten cities. And she wasn't even allowed to speak in church. It's crazy to me. It's crazy to me that that woman had so much. She met Jesus, and in two days, she was a missionary. Isn't that nuts? Wow. The value of people. The value of people. You never know who you're, who you're talking to. You never know what they're going to do with the rest of their life. So you always value them. That woman was a harlot in those days, as they said. Jesus loved women. He did. Just think about it. Women with terrible past, Jesus loved. Because nobody else could love them. Rahab, prostitute, saved Israel. Mary Magdalene. Seven, seven demons were in that woman. And she went everywhere he went. She followed him for the rest, you know. It's just the woman to well. I mean, are you are you are you are you hearing me? Who you're talking, you never know who you're talking to. God is spirit, and he must be worshipped in spirit and in truth. So when you are talking to people, you have to speak truth to them. Does that make any sense to anybody other than me? You have to speak truth to have truth. And when you speak the truth, you don't know who you're talking to at the time, but they've got great potential. Why? Because God created him, and he sent them to this earth for a purpose. And the way that you speak to them, the way that you introduce them to Jesus, the way that you don't know if you're talking to the next Apostle Paul. You don't know who you're dealing with. You could be talking to the next Moses, you know? I mean, or it could be a Samson. Let me tell you something. God didn't love Moses any more than he loved Samson. God doesn't love you as much any more than he loves Islamics, whatever, anybody. Just because 
we accept and we believe and we worship, it doesn't change his love. He couldn't love us more for any reason. He loves us all. He doesn't want anybody, even in oh, what Peter, I think it's first Peter. God's not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. God, God didn't want anybody to go to hell. It's a choice. It is a choice. And, and as, when we make that choice, then we have a great responsibility laid upon us. Make more like you. Duplicate, you know, replicate, whatever. I don't know, you know. Same thing, yeah, okay. Anyway, here we go. Let's go to the next one. The great, the great Indian chief, Tecumseh. Y'all ever heard of Tecumseh? Of course, if, you, if you've read American history, you, I don't know. Anyway, he's a great chief. Anyway, he said this. He said, fear of death is for those who have regrets. An Indian chief said that. Fear of death is somebody that has regrets in their life. So they're fearful. They're fearful. Why? Because they regret not living the life that they were supposed to live. I don't know when or how I'm going to die. None of us do. None of us do. But I'm going to embrace it. Why? Because I'm not going to have regrets about my, my life as a, as a Christian. Because I was a bad, bad, I'm telling you, I was not a good person before I met Jesus. I'm telling you, Everything I am now is because of Jesus. I promise you. I, I still sometimes, man, I have to, I, I struggle with people that I've wronged in the past. You know, I feel guilty or, or you know, and I mean, I have to, I struggle with that. Everybody has struggles in life. I struggled, I struggle with things that I did to people before I met Jesus. It just, it, you know, it, it's human nature. It bothers you. you. You know that it was wrong. And you wish you could go back and make it right. You know, because, you know what? Maybe if I'd have treated them better, maybe if I'd have been living for Jesus back then, maybe they'd be living for Jesus now. I'm his representative. <laughs> I say this all the time, and if anybody's been much time with me at all they're, they're going to know what I'm talking about but my mentality is different than a lot of people's I know I do some strange things I do things a lot different than most pastors. You know, I mean, but I make this choice. I'm going to live every day like it's the last one I have on this earth because one day I'll be right. One day is going to be the day before I'm gone. Maybe tomorrow. But I'm going to live for Jesus today and tomorrow and for the rest of my life. 
and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to snatch every soul from hell I can possibly do before I get home. We had over a thousand salvations of Muslim converts the last trip I was on. It's crazy. You know, I wish it had been 10,000. It was never enough. The number is never enough for me. It's just not. Because people treat it like a hobby. I'm serious about it. I'm dead serious about it. Oh, I, I, I need to stop. I'm, I, now I'm up here just defending people, aren't I? I'm not talking about anybody in here. I'm talking about Christianity as a whole. People that don't take it seriously taint everything that we do. A bunch of hypocrites. I ain't going to church, buddy. Hypocrites. You that right. There's a bunch of hypocrites in church. That's not an issue for me. You know? Quit growing to Brookshire's too. There are hypocrites there. Well, you go up to Walmart. Oh, there's hypocrites there. Got to go to the post. There's hypocrites there. There's only hypocrites at the Super Bowl. The world's here. Everything and every There's hypocrites everywhere. I hate that excuse. I'm a hypocrite from time to time. And then I repent. You know why? Because you're going to make mistakes from time to time. But if you're in a relationship, it's going to hurt you when you do. If you filled out the card, read the, the prayer, dunked, sprinkled, whatever, and aren't in a love relationship with Jesus, you're not going to get there. The only way that you can get to heaven, no card, no prayer, no dunking, no sprinkling will get you to heaven. A relationship making Jesus Lord of your life, not giving your heart to Him, giving your life to Him. That's how you get there. That's how you have that relationship. It is not about ritual. It's not about sacrament. It's not about any of that. It's about a relationship. I want to please you. I want to do things your way, not the world's way. I want to do things your way. Amen. I'm going to tell you what, man. It's, it's tough. It's tough to do. I mean, Christianity ain't for sissies. <laughs> I, got, I can't go there, man. People get mad when I say sissies. Some, yeah, you know, they think that's some gender thing. I don't know. But sissies are just sissies. Bunch of, ah, never mind. I don't like Christian sissies. <laughs> There's no such thing as a Christian sissy. If you're a sissy, you're probably not a Christian. You're in a fight. Sissies can't fight. Okay, that's your entertainment for today. Oh, here we go. As Christians, we must use every single tool in our toolbox. Everything. What are you talking about? I'm trying to imitate Joe. What are you talking about? 
We have the gifts of the Spirit. Jesus gave us his name. He said, anything you ask in my name, I'll do it. These are tools, guys. Money's tool. Prayer, fasting, praise, worship, praying in tongues. He gives us so many tools to succeed in life. And you know what? The majority of the world doesn't believe they even exist. Oh, we don't, we don't believe in tongues. Well, you don't have to, but it's there. It's in that Bible just as much as salvation is. It's in there. We have to live a life for others and for Jesus. Huh, I got to stop. <laughs> that guy I was talking about, I said, remember that you're in a fight? It's a good one. Well, about less than a week later, sends me a text. Says everything good. It's all right now. It was a fight. It's a fight. It's a fight. This ain't a one-punch fight. This is a lifetime fight. You're going to get hit. You're going to get bloodied. going to get knocked down. But it's a fight. Hey, when I get down, I say, I, it, it's supposed to be a good fight. I'm thinking, get up and try to make it good. You know, I, mean, I, just, I just live my life that way. I don't understand anything outside of that. Oh, Michael. Stanley and we we're talking about Africa and things like this, and and uh, God just miraculously did something with their plane tickets. It's crazy, crazy. Some, somebody give you how many miles? Three hundred thousand air miles just for him to go on his trip. God makes a way, man, for people that are serious, not for people that are treating this life as a hobby. You gotta be serious. You gotta do, you gotta do the right thing, you know? It's, it's, it, you got to. It's, it's, it, it, to live that life, to, to win that fight, you have to fight the way that Jesus fought, not the way that the world fought, fights. Spiritual warfare. That is an actual term that's in the Bible. War. Fair. God is love. Warfare. Jesus, Jesus had never sent anybody. Ever. Jesus weaved his own whip and went inside the church, started smacking people with a whip. That, there, you got to understand that every God is spirit. We must worship him in spirit and in truth. Truthfully, there is a thing called righteous indignation. There's things that God don't like. Actually, there's, there's, I think it's seven things that God hates. Oh, God, God can't hate. Well, you know what? If you get with me after service, I'll, I'll show you where the, 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 or just Google it. What, what does God hate? Google that. Find it. You're going to be surprised at what you see. One of those things is he hates men 
that cause discord among the brethren. That's in the Bible, guys. <laughs> I want each and every one of you to live an amazing, productive life. Just remember who you are and who sent you here. He didn't send you here by accident. He sent you here on purpose. Why? Because he believes in you. He placed that greatness in you. And only he can pull it out. Stand on your feet. I'm, I'm going to stop. Does anybody here needs prayer? Needs to, needs to rededicate. I, 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 